and welcome to the Fidelity Podcast, a show where we talk about the work of design. I'm your host, Bill Chung, a product designer at Grammarly, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, John Rundle, staff product designer at Shopify, or as I like to call him, fellow maker of pretty boxes. How you doing, John? <laughs> I'm doing good. How are you doing, Bill? Good, good. How's the, uh, <laughs> how's the box drawing coming along? Uh, I mean, I drew a few hundred boxes today, so I think... <laughs> That's a success. It that's is. how my day is measured. It's measured in number of boxes created. If only. That's what we need. Oh, that's what we need from screen time, actually. Screen time, instead of just like, I want like a version of screen time for Figma where it's like number of boxes drawn. <laughs> number of frames. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's a funny story. I, I once had this conversation with like this, uh, like I wouldn't say older, but like more seasoned designer who told me that uh, their job kind of came down to drawing boxes and and having really good taste. And, and then at the time I thought, well, that's not really a, like an accurate way to describe our jobs. And it's definitely not. But no. I realize now that like some days uh, when I'm working, having good taste and knowing where and why to draw those boxes is kind of like kind of most of the job, isn't it? It's true. Yeah. It really, <laughs> really does just come down to that most of the time. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get flamed for that for sure. Um, <laughs> So uh, at the time of this recording, uh, Figma Config 2022 was just like a couple weeks ago. And uh, I don't know about you, but I'll be honest, like I've, I think only scratched the surface of the new, like, for example, the new Figma auto layout improvements. Like, have you had a chance to actually like dig into the deal of details yet? Yeah. I, I mean, I was doing some stuff today where I was like, oh, I need to move this, this box, um, but it's going to break my auto layout. And then I remembered that there was absolute positioning and I was like, sweet, right. this made it so much easier. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I've been starting to work on some of the new like property stuff for components too with our, our mobile UI kit. Right. Um, because I think that's going to be really valuable as we expand that. So yeah, yeah, I, I need to dig into that because I mean, even just the I mean, the variance felt kind of new to me um, still, and I was still yeah. kind of getting used to uh, crafting them. But it, this, I mean, the new approach to our properties does seem to make more sense. It seems to be a little bit easier to scale. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited to kind of dig yeah, into it's, it. It's pretty good. There's it actually kind of requires you to sort of rebuild some. Some components, depending on how you'd made them before, like you know how we did some of the ones yeah. for the UI kit, and there was like um, the embedded like uh, base component. Um, well, like some of that stuff doesn't it works, but like you'd almost be better to not have it and simplify yeah. your life. So, yeah, I think I'll probably end up going back and like re- rebuilding a couple because it'll <laughs> no, just, just make more sense. Sitting here thinking that there's like thousands of P of designers working on UI kits thinking, ah, oh, I gotta go, <laughs> yeah. go back and re- redesign this entire thing now. It's like replace everything. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what always happens. It's like, it's like our version of WWDC when all the developers are like, oh, now I have to rebuild our app in yeah. like a different way. Cause Apple has just provided all these yeah. new SDKs. This <laughs> is our like version that, of yeah. that. You know what, what, you know what I'm, <laughs> I'm realizing now that I'm older is that I'm reaching this, this keyboard shortcut exhaustion level. Like, um, there's so many new keyboard mm. shortcuts and I'm trying to learn them all so I could like kind of burn it into my memory. But I find like, I just need to get into the groove, uh, whenever I like come back to an app because every app's got their own keyboard shortcuts and I'm like trying to yeah. remember in context, like, you know, how do you do this quicker? Um, and like after I haven't been in Figma for like even a couple of days, I'm like, Oh my God, what is that keyboard shortcut? Like, do you, <laughs> do you have that like, all burned into your memory? Like, is that just natural for you? 
some of it, but like, okay, so this reminds me of a really funny story from my college days was in the college program I took, like it wasn't really design focused, but we did learn about like Photoshop mm-hmm. and Illustrator and some of the tools. And they were, our teachers at the time were like really focused on having everybody learn the shortcuts. <laughs> like that was like number one priority. And like, it's kind of funny now because you're like, that seems yeah. ridiculous. But like, it was really valuable for a while. And I remember specifically, we had one project. The first time we started using Illustrator, they were like, okay, you this this one project you have to do is you have to take a picture of your face and bring what? it to Illustrator and then recreate <laughs> it by drawing basically pixel level vectors like in like small little groups to kind of like redraw your face. And basically it was like to teach you how to be as efficient as possible between jumping between tools, like the pen tool and like filling it and all this stuff. And then like the week later, they're like, oh yeah, by the way, you can use live trace and it'll just like do this. <laughs> but like it was after everyone had spent like 15 hours trying to like pixel draw um, like different skin tone colors and create their face. It was hilarious. But it was like totally... Yeah, it was like totally a project just to kind of teach you how to get efficient with keyboard shortcuts because like it made your life so much easier if you're doing that versus like going and grabbing the yeah. tool from the panel. Yeah. Like, did you? Is funny. Do you still have that but, somewhere? <laughs> uh, probably somewhere. I don't yeah. know. I don't. I try not to look at those old projects. I was really <laughs> bad at design then. So you got to pull bad. out, man. We're gonna feature it on a future episode. <laughs> I got to see this thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No. Um, so it's our first episode, and and John, I think it would be great if we like just spend a few seconds just introducing ourselves to our listeners, and then uh, then we can get into the meat of the episode. Yeah. So uh, why don't you kick us off? How did you get into the industry, and where do you work now? Yeah, I mean, going back to the college program, like I said, it wasn't really focused on design at all. It was actually a lot of web development and uh, Flash too. I remember writing a lot of Action Script. Um, so that that dates me a bit. Um, but yeah, so I, I came out of college thinking I was going to go a web developer route. Landed a job at a local web agency, and and there it was just a few of us, a few guys just building websites for for universities and um, like some some different local companies, that kind of thing. Actually, one my, my the one big one I remember was we built the first e-commerce site for Samsonite, the oh. luggage company. Um, that one was kind of cool way back in the day before e-commerce sites were yeah. really a thing. Um, and. Yeah, there there was actually where I started to really get into design because I hadn't really done a lot of it before then. wasn't one of those people that had learned like played around with Photoshop even before college, so it was all very new to me. But I I fell in love with it really quickly and just started doing more and more design work there because there was there was a need for it, and so um, got the opportunity to like be the person who would design the website and then also build the front end of it. So that was always kind of cool was to be able to take it all the way through. I could take a lot of shortcuts in Photoshop because I wasn't always having to, to design everything. I could get right into building some of it um, in production, which was kind of mm-hmm. cool. And then, yeah, from there, started my own mobile agency at one point in time, me and a, a couple buddies, and we we did that for a few years. And then I landed a job at a, a startup out of San Francisco, Envoy, um, where I really learned product design. I think that was the first time I like truly got into product design, whereas before it had been more of like an agency type mm-hmm. of role. Um, and yeah, I learned a lot there and and now I'm working at, at Shopify as a staff designer and working on the Shopify mobile product, which is where Bill and I cross paths. That's me. Yeah. How about, I, you, how know, about you? Let's hear, let's hear your well, background. Before, before we move on to that, like I, I was just thinking about like your, your origin story here and like, uh, what I find amazing is that people who come from like 
non-traditional like design backgrounds have um, just almost this natural uh, ability to uh, assess visual design. Like, and, and if you don't know John, John's an extremely talented visual designer and from what I've seen. And mm. somehow he was able to get there from, you know, very non-traditional backgrounds. And um, even, even myself, like I, uh, I, I do come from a graphic design background, but that was like, uh, I don't have a formal education in that. So I think like, I don't know about you, but I, I think what I had to do early in my career was just spend a lot of time around good visual design and just like think about how people were building those things and like how they even, uh, how the idea yeah. even uh, became into inception. Right. Um, and then like, of course, copying it right uh, over and over again until you could duplicate what the, the great masters have done. So I, I just find that interesting. Um, and it mm-hmm. kind of does tie into mm-hmm. um, my backstory as, as, like I said, a graphic designer, um, I started off as an exhibit designer in a science museum uh, here in Vancouver, BC. Um, and, you know, as far as first jobs go, that was immensely fun. But, you know, when I started building websites and apps, I just, uh, I just never went back. And I eventually, like you, I slid into product design, working on like SaaS products, uh, and then eventually making my way to Shopify where we met John. And now most recently at Grammarly working on mobile products. And I just... I just love working on mobile. It's something that we yeah. share. I think, um, I think it's, I think it's where a lot of the most interesting interactions are. And I think I've like, yeah, just same. fallen in love with the need for you know each view of an app to be like super focused and clear. Um, that's what I love most about mobile. Like that's a requirement, right? Um, anyway, I could I could gush on mobile design for for hours, but we'll save that for for another episode. Yeah, I mean that was the part that I liked too. I liked the constraints of it, right? Like you had to figure out what was important and. And then even now, like as I've spent more time in it, I think it's it's moved, it's transitioned into more of like really understanding like interaction patterns and gestures mm-hmm. and and even the hardware capabilities, right? Like that's another interesting avenue of mobile that we we need to dive into. And and frankly, a lot of people like don't actually get there right away. Like right. a lot of people think of focus on mobile design first as just like the UI itself, but like going further into the hardware and to the capabilities where you can leverage that in like a totally different way. Um, I think that's where things get even more interesting again. Yeah, we could keep going back and forth. We'll have we'll have an episode on on mobile design, I guess. Hundred <laughs> percent. Uh, so this is our very first episode of the Fidelity Podcast, and I, you know I think that's a very short backstory to the show that I thought we should share. Uh, maybe just over a year ago, John and I met at Shopify, where we both worked on the mobile app, and at least once weekly, we just get together to jam on some work. And we'd also spend time talking about our craft. And week after week, we had some, like I'd say, interesting perspectives on design that, that emerged, which we shared. And, and while I hesitate to say that you know, these are really controversial perspectives on ways of working in design, I would say that they can be kind of counter to what a student might pick up in a boot camp. So we mm-hmm. thought, like, hey, it'd be great to share some of these perspectives in like really short episodes. And... And John, maybe you can chime in on this, but I think there's an element of our themes and topics that may benefit more uh, junior designers. Yeah, I think, I mean, we've had the opportunity now to be working in the industry for a while. So I always like to put it in perspective and think about, okay, what are the things that I've learned over those years and and how can we help share that with other folks that are just getting into it, right? Like Mm -hmm. some of these opinions that we formed um, and that we would talk about and, and say were sort of potentially controversial was because we had 
done all these different projects over the years and realized like, oh, there's ways that you can kind of shortcut mm-hmm. the design process mm-hmm. or or you can like approach it in a different way. And sometimes it's worked or sometimes it's completely failed. And <laughs> and over the years, like you just slowly start to, you almost like don't really think about it. You don't realize it. And that's why it's nice to talk about this stuff, right? Because you, you kind of like, this is how I work, but like maybe I'm the only one doing this. But then you talk to a few other designers and that have been doing it for a while and and they've also kind of come to the same conclusions of, ways to work and and how to to streamline different parts of the process. And so I think it's really great to be able to share that perspective back because like as you're a young designer, there's all this information coming at you yeah. and you're like, okay, what do I what should I go ahead with or what works, what doesn't? And you don't have those experiences to draw on yet, so mm-hmm. you're still kind of um sticking to these like templates of how to work and and while those are good and those help give you those those basics and help you grow, I think it's interesting to start to hear about these other perspectives of like, as you gain that experience, how can you start to like shift these ideas a little bit? Um, And I think that would, if we can share these more and like, I think more senior designers should do a better job of, of sharing these ideas with, with junior designers is like, let's help those folks get further into their career faster. Like it took us 10 plus years or whatever to get to this point, but can we help another designer get there in five years as opposed to 10? Um, I think that's really interesting, and I think that like that there's a great opportunity for us as more experienced designers to share those expertises and and help younger designers uh, like move forward in their craft and in their career uh, more quickly. Hundred percent, yeah. I mean, there's a couple of things you said there that resonate in terms of um, we we've had to learn, I think, oftentimes the hard way because you know I think when we were starting. Um, design culture just just wasn't as mature, right? And we weren't mm-hmm. really thinking about um, the most efficient and direct ways to arriving to a conclusion, for example. Um, so, like, I think it's you know, as as parents as well. Like, I think my greatest wish for for my uh, child is for them to learn from every mistake I've made. And I think yeah. likewise in the design industry, I would love for um, junior designers to really learn from what we've picked up over the last decade or more, uh, and really get a jump start and just cut through all the stuff mm-hmm. that might be unpleasant and might not be like the best use of time. So, uh, it definitely resonates with me. Yeah. I like that you tied it to the, 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 um, kids aspect, but like, I think, cause I think there's an important distinction in there too, where it's like, yeah, we can help them learn from our mistakes but there's also value in learning from your own mistakes sure though so i think that also applies here too it's like you should still make the same mistakes because that's ultimately how you learn but i think what we can also help provide is that perspective of once you make that mistake what do you do with that information mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's just as critical because like we're always making mistakes like I, i'm making mistakes still every day <laughs> um but it's it's like how you learn to apply those mistakes is I think also a, re- a really important part of it. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, I, um, I don't know about you, but as I get older, I find it easier to share my mistakes. And I think when I was yeah. younger and I don't know, maybe a little bit more uh, arrogant, um, <laughs> it, it was much harder for me to talk about my mistakes in a positive way. So I, I think we're both in that space where we're <laughs> we're happy to talk about our catastrophic failures because um, it's it's almost kind of fun, right? I mean, it, it's sometimes painful, yeah. but there there is some amusement factor to sharing your mistakes because um, I think reliving some of those things in your memory is um, it's, it's valuable for me. Like it it's good. To, I think it's helpful as a designer to reflect on all those like 
decision points that just didn't go the way you expected. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm happy to share some of that. I hope you are too, John. Yeah, hundred percent. Also, by the way, anyone who knows you is not going to agree that you were ever arrogant at any point in time in your life. <laughs> well, you'd be surprised, my friend. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that. Uh, I can't another. believe it. I okay. just can't. It's impossible. Thanks, man. Um, so, uh, you know, of course, we're going to be sharing our experiences, as we mentioned. Um, of course, we're going to try to pull in guests that work in the industry. We're going to chat about industry news and happenings. Uh, and maybe, just maybe, uh, we're going to try to sneak in a, a product critique here and there. I think that'd be kind of fun, actually, Ooh. is yeah. like, you know, looking at a new product that's innovative and like groundbreaking uh, and try to critique it, especially over an audio medium. I'm not sure how that's going to work out, but let's give it a try. <laughs> Um, so if any of this sounds interesting to you, please remember to follow us wherever you listen to your podcasts and uh, we'll see you next time. Oh, you should say goodbye. Did I say something? Yeah. I was going to, I thought so. And then I was like, maybe I shouldn't. No, go for it. What should I say? Subscribe. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the Fidelity podcast is hosted and produced by John Rundle and Bill Chung. Visual brand design by Amy Devereaux. Rate, review, and subscribe to Fidelity on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you download your podcasts.